God bless everyone and welcome to another episode of Build Up in Christ. And thank you for being with us. Um, thank you for continuing following us. Um, welcome. And in this episode, we're talking about when is it a right time to change from your home church? Notice the title is when to change not when to leave church. And this episode came about as questions that arose due to a previous episode dealing with church hurt. And when do we decide to leave the church in which we got hurt in? The only thing is we have to keep in mind is that if we do leave a church in which we've been hurt in, we should not stop fellowshipping. And we continue to be servants in Christ. So we should be looking for another church to be involved in because this is a universal church meaning we're all part of the body of christ there's not one specific church that serves the lord it's the universal church so the best way to possibly way to discern whether one has reasons to change from a church and go to another church we have to go back to basics which is the understanding of what is the purpose of a church or the church and we could go back to Acts, which gives us an example of um, what is a church supposed to be like. Because we have to understand that um, we don't see anyone in the New Testament leaving churches. And part of the reason behind that is the fact is that churches were not as accessible as we see it here in the world today. For example... In the United States, in the United States, you ha- you can find a church almost on every corner street. Um, while in certain countries, you will have to journey further away, maybe a day, maybe uh, several hours to receive to go to the church you're going to be part of um, and worship. But here in the United States, um, it's pretty accessible. And it's pretty easy to just find another church, um, and not all countries are like that so let's go to acts chapter 2 verse 42 and this is the new revised standard version and reads as follows they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers so this should be considered almost like a purpose statement for the church they devoted themselves to what the apostles teaching and to what else to the fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer. According to this verse, this purpose activities of church should be the following. Teaching biblical doctrine, providing a fellow a place of fellowship for believers, observing the Lord's Supper and praying. The church is supposed to teach biblical doctrine so we can be grounded in our faith. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 tells us that then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. The church is supposed to be a place of fellowship where Christians can be devoted to one another and honor one another, instruct one another. Um, like the book of Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. Um, we're supposed to be kind and compassionate to one another, encouraging one another. And most importantly, loving one another. So if we go to um, 1 Theologians chapter 5, verses 9 through 12, it reads as follows. For God has destined us 
not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another. Key verses, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as indeed you are doing. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and adonish you. So these verses that we see in First Thessalonians is dealing with some people who are struggling with the fact is that they were being persecuted. And they were wondering um, what was happening to people who were dying and whether they went to heaven or not. And what we see in these verses is encouraging us that, you know, we're not once we, we die in the Lord, that we're not permanently dead. We have eternal life in Jesus Christ. Um, we have salvation. So what the author of this uh, chapter was uh, uh, letter was stating is that we have to encourage each other, build each other up and continue encouraging each other. That's the whole purpose of the church to fellowship with each other. Um, provide godly counsel to each other. If we go to James chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, it says, If any of you think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, meaning control your tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress. And to keep oneself unstained by the world. So we see another reason why the church is around. is to take care of orphans and widows. To be able to help others in need. The church is supposed to be about the business of ministering to those in need. This includes not only sharing the gospel. But also providing for physical needs such as food, clothing, shelter. As necessary and appropriate. The church is also supposed to equip believers in Christ with the tools they need to overcome sin. And remain free from the pollution of the world. How is this done? It's done by biblical teaching and Christian fellowship. Again, going back to Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. So what is the purpose of the church? Paul gave an excellent illustration to the believers in Corinth. The church is God's hands, mouth, and feet in this world. The body of Christ. We are to be doing the things that Jesus Christ would do if he were here physically on earth. The church is supposed to be Christian, Christ-like, and Christ-following. As the human body is one entity with many members, so is the church one entity with many members. Followers of Jesus have been incorporated by one and the same spirit into one single body, the church. If we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27, and this is in the NIV, it reads as follows. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not. For that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it will not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, 
God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that aren't unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body. But that it's all its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each and one of you is a part of it. Everything in the church structure, teaching, worship, programs, and activities supposed to be centered on, on this fact. In addition, the church should recognize Jesus Christ as his one and only head and submit to him in all things. Clearly, these things can be done when the church clings to the Bible as a standard and authority. It's hard to see how anyone would want to leave a church that's described just as, as it has been described. But few churches sadly fit this description today. And I'm sure not just in the United States, but the world over. Believers who feel a desire to leave a church should be clear on their reasons. If the church does not proclaim the truth or does not teach the Bible and revere Christ, and there's another church in the area that I'm sure it does, then there are grounds to leave. A case can be made, however, for staying and working to bring about changes for the better. So we're not to be so quick to make the decision of changing churches. If anything, if we see that certain things are not being done correctly, not biblically, then we should point them out and try to work those things out and help correct those things in that church. But we should not be so quick and decisive to leave. Let's be honest. The Bible does not outline a procedure on how to leave a church. In the early days of the church, a believer would have to move to another town to find a different church. In some places today, a church sits almost on every corner as we started earlier. And sadly, many believers leave one church for another down the street instead of working through the problems that they're facing. A believer should not leave if feel led to leave a church if it's crucial for him to do so in such a way that cause unnecessary division or controversy. If we decide to leave a church, it should not be something that's disruptive. We shouldn't be storming out of the church. We should be having discussions with the leaders of the church, especially if we are submitting to them. And if these leaders are not leading correctly, Christ-like, then we should bring it up to them. We should be having discussions first before departing. We should try to correct the matter. One of the issues that arises in a lot of churches is little cliques, little groups that stay within themselves. And in the body of Christ, there should be no cliques. Um, and what, for example, there are groups of people that feel more comfortable than others. You're not going to like everyone in the church because the church itself is imperfect. Because we're imperfect. 
but we're striving for perfection in Christ. So therefore, the church is striving for perfection. So we, the other way to think about it is the church is a hospital, and there's a lot of people injured coming in. So therefore, we shouldn't be so easily upset when something goes wrong within the body. Instead, we should try to rectify it. We should seek healing, and we should seek direction, most importantly, from Christ himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 12 reads as follows. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the way, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cepheus, or I belong to Christ. So we see an example in those scriptures as well, how there were little cliques that were going on, and some people were just following certain people. We don't follow people. We follow Christ. We understand that the pastors of the churches we're going to were placed there by faith, by Christ. But if they're not leading biblically, if they're not giving direction biblically, if they're not discipling the overall church, then there's cause for us to leave. But we shouldn't leave quickly. Instead, we should speak to the leaders because we have agreed to submit to these leaders and make them aware. You know what? I don't believe you're leading Christ-like. And this person, the pastor, is truly being led by Christ, they will take constructive criticism and they will address the issue and they will try to correct the issue. If they're not Christ-led, then they're going to be very aggressive towards you. And therefore, that gives you grounds for you departing. But again, you still don't depart right away. You have to seek guidance. Go use your spiritual disciplines that the Lord has given us through the word of God, which is fasting, prayer seek discernment from the holy spirit to guide you on your next steps but we don't take steps lightly we should be thinking carefully on the, the steps we take however many people's dissatisfaction with their church is due to their own lack of involvement we have to keep that in mind as well in the ministries of the church it's far easier to be spiritually fed by the church when one takes an active part in feeding others. The purpose of the church is outlined in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 14. And it reads as follows. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son to God, to the maturity to the measure of the full stature of Christ, we must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about every wind of doctrine by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. We always must confirm everything through the word of God, including the pastors when they're preaching, other preachers who are preaching, make sure they're preaching the word of God. So we have to be in the word of God in order to confirm that they're preaching the word of God, that they're not twisting God's word. We have to seek spiritual discernment. We have to pray. We have to fast. Um, when we hear preachings, we should be taking notations and comparing with the word of God. 
we have to do all these things because as verse 12 says, a truly Christ-centered church is there to equip the saints for the work of ministry, building up the body of Christ. What does that mean? Your elders, your deacons, your pastors, your teachers, they're humble servants, but they're here to equip you to help you become better disciples and God willing disciple makers so you can continue making disciples out in the world. We're not supposed to stay just in the church. We're supposed to go out. So that's another sign whether a church is truly living a Christ-centered life. If the church is just involved within itself, it's not helping others. It's not teaching Bible. It's not teaching. It's not allowing um, people to become disciple makers. Then that's a problem. You ha if you have to leave from a church or change from a church, you should never leave quickly. You should never leave without serious prayer, consulting with other believers. Remember, always seek godly counsel. Find people that you know serve the Lord and love the Lord and seek their counsel. Mature spiritual believers. You should never leave without talking to the leaders about why you're considering leaving and taking your time and praying about it with them. We should always strive for peace even when you must go. Pray that the Lord guide you to your next home church. And I'm going to give a short testimony here by myself. Um, I've only been in two churches. And in my first church, I was there 18 years. And the Lord started dealing with me in terms of leaving. And it took about three years of constant prayer. I also had informed my senior pastor that um, the Lord was dealing with me in that situation. And we talked about it and we prayed about it. And every once in a while, I would give a report to him where my status was, where I felt I was spiritually. And I was still active in the church. I was a Bible school teacher. I was teaching also the young adults, the youth. Um, I was preaching in the church. I was a deacon in the church. So I was still active in the church while I was praying for guidance on where, where my next steps were. And also the Lord was dealing with me because the change wasn't because this was not a Bible teaching church. I cannot say that it was a Bible teaching church, but the change was due to the fact the Lord helping me to my next steps in spiritual growth and where my ministry was going to go. So that's why the change needed to affect. But also, I have to say that they, in this church, there was little clicks. And if there's no proper discipline, there, that's an issue. That becomes a big issue in the church. There should always be proper biblical discipline. Hence why we're called disciples as well, because disciples are followers, but we also submit to proper discipline, biblical discipline, when things are not going correct or we're not doing things correctly according to the word of God. So we have to be across the board. Even though I may like one person more than another, that should not change of how discipline is performed. Discipline should be performed across the board. Same, no difference, whether it's a person I like or a person I don't like whether I love this person more, whether I love this person less, it should not be affecting discipline. Discipline should be the same across the board. And uh, we see that in, in the corporate world. Sometimes there's favoritism. Some people who are not knowledgeable are promoted over others that are knowledgeable and so on and so on. Same way we could see it in the churches. And sadly, some churches in the United States, for example, have become just like corporations. Um, the pastors have a CEO mentality and they're leading and they're not leading biblically and correctly. So we have to be aware of that. So um, 
if we can try to change that mindset while staying in that church, try. But if you cannot, make sure you seek spiritual discernment. Don't be so quick to leave. Make sure you're praying, you're fasting. Seek godly counsel from someone who's spiritually mature. And continue praying before you make any moves. So I hope this uh, will guide you. Um, I hope it will encourage you. And I hope it will guide you as well as to what is a biblical um, teaching church. If you have any questions, we have a Facebook page now, which is called Built Up in Christ Podcast. You can search for that in Facebook. Leave any comments. um, And I could contact you through there as well. And we also, you can follow along that page. And um, sadly, it's only for now in the United States. You can follow a podcast through Facebook Podcast now which we're listing on Facebook podcast. So I hope um, this podcast blessed you. Hopefully you leave some messages, positive, some questions, and we continue to record and, and produce more podcasts to encourage. And God bless. God keep you.